Good morning, One Hope. It's January 10th, 2024, and we have three passages today. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13, chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Here is our takeaway for today. Build your relationships wisely. What do you think is the most difficult thing that we face as we journey in faith in God's community? I'm sure there's at least a few things that you can think of, but one thing I think that is difficult for most of us, if not all, is relationship. It's the relationship that breaks our heart as much as it brings joy uh, for us in God's community. It brings us pain, and also it often separates God's people and destroys God's church. I've often wondered, relationship is so important, not just in our faith journey, but in life. And yet, how come there's no field of study in university called relationship that we can major in? Because if there were one, I think now I would have certainly majored in it because I see how important it is. So one day, I just sat down and just started thinking about this. And then it occurred to me all of a sudden, well, Seen through the paradigm of relationship, maybe I can define all the different majors in university through this framework. So, for example, what is biology? Well, it's a relationship. It's a field of study that teaches us about our relationship with our body. What about psychology? Relationship with our inner being. Philosophy? Relationship with our mind. Archaeology? It's a field that teaches us about our relationship with our ancestors who once walked on earth. What about theology? Well, it's a field that teaches us and shows us about relationship that we have with God. Well, being a pastor, I had to ask, what about pastoral theology? Well, pastoral theology involves relationship with everything and everyone. So all relationships. As a pastor, you have to basically know all these relationships to be a good pastor. Well, in the early church, and the early church was composed mostly of Jewish believers. James addresses this letter to them. And even though they were mostly Jewish, it still seemed that there was a relationship issue in the church. And the issue had to do with a separation between the haves and the have-nots. When the early first church first began, it was mostly composed of the have-nots. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for one group of people, but it's for all. So eventually, the rich and the powerful also started to join God's church as well. And as a result, there arose separation between the haves and the have-nots. And there uh, arose mistreatment of the poor in God's church. So James addresses this relationship issue in God's church. Verse 9. He says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. James first addresses the have-nots. He says, don't be so low on yourself because in Christ you are not low. He also addresses the well-to-dos. 
He says to them, don't be so high on yourself because your wealth will disappear quickly, overnight, just like that, in the snap of a finger. So don't be so high on yourself just because you have a lot of money. Why would those who are poor in God's church feel low about themselves? Why would those who are rich feel high on themselves? Well, it's because probably they compare themselves to each other. This is an issue that I see and observe in so many of God's people in God's church, that we compare ourselves to one another. And if we feel like we don't have it, we don't have what that other fellow believer has, then we feel low about ourselves. And when we see that I have something that my brother or sister in Christ don't have, we are, uh, our sinfulness in us leads us down the path of pride, and we feel high on ourselves. Spirit of comparison is dangerous for God's church. So James reminds them, don't compare yourselves to each other. And he reminds the have-nots, you are not poor. You are rich in Christ. Verse 5, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promises those who love him? I pray that everyone in our church will see this verse and apply this to themselves and really see how rich they really are especially for those of you who feel like, I don't have much right now. I really hope and pray that God's given you so much already, this gift of faith and, and life of faith and life in the kingdom of God. You have already inherited so much in Christ. And then he also goes on to say, don't make the church into a place where wealth determines your importance. Chapter 2, verse 1, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. You can read the rest of the chapter for yourselves, but what happened there in the early church seemed to be that those who had more money became prominent in God's church, and they were the ones that took up the high positions or the leadership positions in God's church and sat in the high places and better seating and all this thing. And James says, James says don't let wealth and money be a determining factor for importance in God's church. And then finally, verse 11, chapter 4, he says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Because of spirit of comparison, based on wealth, it divided God's people. And when there's division, what happens is gossip and slander happen. And James says, do not slander one another. As I shared with you yesterday, the book of James is not a book that teaches us deep theological truths that we did not know before. If you've been a Christian for some time, even a short time, everything James says is everything that we already know. What he teaches us is nothing new. So then how should we read this book? Well, we should read it in this way. Simply do what he says. Why would he say things that we already know? Well, because we know it, and yet we still do not do it. So the message of James and the lesson of James is do it first and then you will see. 
and do it, and you will think that these simple things that you, uh, you these things that you thought were simple, were are not actually simple. And as you actually do it and live it, you will begin to see the deep and the depth of that simple truth that James is talking about. And only way you will see that depth is when you actually start doing it and applying it to your life and see how it works through your life. Yes, we cannot do a major in relationship at university. We cannot. How can we? How can we learn relationships merely in books and through theories? Because relationship is not a theory. It's life. But the Bible tells us today, and James tells us today, there is one place where we can learn how to do relationship. And it's God. Because he gives us wisdom. Verse 5, chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I've found over the years that wisdom is actually key in relationship. It's not knowledge so much, but it's wisdom that we need to do relationship well. What is wisdom? What to do, what to say, and not to say in a particular situation because no situation is exactly like another. So it's not a set of rules that will help us, but it's wisdom that shows us how to respond appropriately in a particular situation, in a particular time, to a particular person, for a particular group of people. And that's not knowledge, but that's wisdom that you need. But James tells us, God gives us wisdom. So ask him. What is the relationship which issue that you are dealing with right now? In what relationship do you need wisdom? In what relationship do you feel like you don't know what to say or how to respond? In what relationship do you always feel like you are messing up because what you say, what you do, just always turns out to be the worst thing that you could do? Well, instead of trying to do it on your own knowledge and experience, ask God for wisdom. Before you begin your day, if there's an important relationship uh, meeting or meeting that comes up, uh, about to come up on, on that day, ask God, today when I meet this person, go to this meeting, this place, that place, what should I say? How should I say it? How do I respond? How should I respond, God? And James tells us that when you, if you ask, he will give you the wisdom that you need. So I want to encourage us to build our relationship wisely in God's church because God's church is precious, needs to be protected and treasured. And to build our church well, we need to build our relationship well and wisely. So may God help us as we build our relationship in our lives and in our community. In Jesus' name. Amen.